All right. So let's, uh, let's recap a little bit. Exciting days, exciting things happening. And uh, anybody like me, once you get a taste of something good, you want more? Yeah? Yeah, I think we're, we're kind of saying, hmm, we like this. And we're, we're up for more. Adventuring with the Spirit. So just a quick recap, just uh, so that you can kind of tune in, and then we'll carry on uh, with this week. Remember, we used the illustration. We've used it quite a bit of riding the motorbike and the, the pillion rider and the importance of leaning in uh, with, the, with the driver. We also used the illustration of the dance, dancing with the professional, somebody who actually knows. It's not just following the instructions, but here's somebody who can who can work with you in it, talked about the person of the Holy Spirit uh, as being very significant, uh, that uh, he comes and stays with us. It's not a kind of to-in and fro-in. It's not a list of instructions that then we have to kind of work it out the best we can. Then we looked at the fact that it's him who searches us and convicts us and for many of us, we took the opportunity to respond, to say, Lord, uh, come and search me. Uh, bring out not just the things that need correcting and adjusting, but the things that need releasing and, and emphasizing those things which you've placed within us. Uh, kind of water the seed, Lord, so that there's a, a coming to fruition of, of the things which you've purposed in our lives. And then we talked about him... Uh, leading and guiding, and we're very, very much appreciating the need for that. And to that end, we invite him to take control. And then last week, we looked at lessons in leaning in and uh, saw there were a number. First of all, how do we do it? Well, through prayer. Uh, The fact that he helps us, and, and sometimes when we don't even know what to pray or don't have the words to speak, uh, the very expression from within he takes and communicates and intercedes on our behalf. We recognize that this is, this is not a kind of going through a list. This is like a, a, a spiritual transaction where we're engaging in that uh, uh, interaction with God himself in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we saw that uh, through the gift of tongues, uh, there's a direct communication with God. And I left you with a challenge, the 15 minute challenge. Yes, I see a number of reactions. Uh, there's one reaction that says, oh yeah, and I forgot. There's another reaction that says, yes, and I did it. <laughs> uh, is Charlotte here? Charlotte? Yeah. Oh, the, Charlotte, come and come just tell us what happened when, or just around about the time when you had taken up the challenge. Um, yeah, so I, I did it yesterday, admittedly for the first time, um, and sat and did it um, while Lily was finishing her nap, and then she woke up, and I got her up and took her downstairs. I went to put something in the outside bin and shut myself out of the house. <coughs> so Lily was inside Ooh. and I'd shut the front door. Um, and Michael was uh, in Raynham, um, quite a long way away. I didn't have my phone or a key, so um, I ran next door and borrowed their phone to phone Michael, who then phoned his dad, who came round with a key. Um, but during that time, when I went back to the door and I knocked on the door and she was just there and I could hear her, um, because I'd been praying, doing the praying in tongues, I think I was in the mindset of, okay, my first reaction needs to be to pray. So instead of kind of, I think my default would be to go around the living room thinking of all of the hazards that she might find. But I thought, no, I'm just going to pray. So I just chatted to her and was praying. Um, and she, she just stayed where I could see her playing with some slippers for 10 minutes um, <laughs> and was fine. So I'm just really thankful that I didn't go into... Complete meltdown. Yeah. Hmm. See, that's interesting because uh, 
Charlotte's not talking about anything that happened, particularly while she was speaking in tongues, but she was able to tell us of some transformation uh, because I think many of us would identify with her going, or would be able to identify going into her panic mood or at least deep anxiety, but to be in a peace in a situation like that. And uh, it'd be good to hear uh, other experiences, people, and if you kind of forgot... Um, then you have an opportunity to pick up that challenge this week. But I would like to hear, of uh, just tell us what happened when you took that challenge. Remember, it was speaking in tongues out loud uh, for 15 minutes, even though after about two minutes you really want to stop and just carry on and see what that happened, because... Uh, I think you might find that's rather interesting. And then we looked also uh, finally last week about embracing this revelation of poverty of spirit, that we can't do anything, but we rely utterly and completely upon him, which enables and allows the full working of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's possible to get in the way, uh, but as we recognize that we can't, but he can, uh, there's uh, this, this revelation, this gift, uh, of the truth that we actually need him constantly. So that's a little recap. Then this week we're going to look at adventuring with the Spirit again, but this time the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And uh, 2 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 14 says this, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. <clears throat> I'm just looking at that again this week. You don't have fellowship with a thing. You don't have fellowship even with a power. You have fellowship with a person. So we're we're engaged in walking together uh, with God the Holy Spirit. And I want to hear a couple of things coming out of that. Is Sally, Sally, can you come and tell us? uh... Yes, so at the Hub this week we had, um, Fatima was doing a, a a group um, and she there was a a woman there who had really severe knee pain that had prevented her from coming to the things at the hub for quite some time and at the end of the group um, Fatime and Jess offered to pray for her and she just was healed amazingly healed and um, Fatima said you could see that her leg twitching or her whole body her leg twitching like this and the power of God was just so strong on the woman she could feel heat and then afterwards she ran around the hall (laughs) saying that Jesus had healed her a Muslim woman um, and Fatima was saying you do know this is Jesus and she was saying yes yes and then you prayed for her to be for her stress didn't you and she felt God's peace as well and um, it's just so exciting and so encouraging for Fatima and for Jess as well. So, I mean, yeah, just, just really, really exciting. And then um, also Alpha. Um, so, Rianne, I think, was going to invite or had invited a friend who was a Muslim who was prevented from coming. Her family didn't want her to come to Alpha. Um, and they were praying with Murray. Murray has a prayer group that every week is meeting to pray for Alpha. And so Pam was sharing this story and somebody had an idea that maybe um, there would be an opportunity for Rianne to do an Alpha group at the school. And then I'm looking at Pam just so I get the details right. She's nodding, so this is right. Um, and then you went home, Pam, and Gabrielle came back from school saying that something really exciting had happened, that in an RE lesson, um, they had been talking about Jesus, and Gabrielle had suggested, well, maybe we could do an Alpha. And the teacher said, yes. (laughs) It's just so exciting, you know. And two different sisters in the same family, God's at work. I mean, just, yeah, just mind-blowing. That's good, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
So the whole point of this uh, time of adventuring with the Spirit is to kind of whet our appetite and open our eyes and expectation to uh, the greater interactions that we can have with the Holy Spirit. It could be opening the doorway uh, for Alpha in the school. It could be a dramatic healing at the hub. Um, here's another. Else, just come tell us about your little shop incident. Um, so I was in um, one of the local shops and I noticed one of the shop assistants looked a bit sad, the lady who I exchanged pleasantries with. And um, when I got up to the counter to pay for my goods, um, I just felt the nudge to ask her how she was. And she said, OK. And I said, you don't look OK, you look a bit unhappy. At which point she welled up and I felt a bit bad for making her cry. But um, I heard myself say, do you want to get together for coffee sometime? And uh, she said yes. So a few days later, I dropped my phone number into her, a little note. And she phoned me a couple of days after that. And we talked on the phone and she started to open up about some things that were going on in her life. She's a Hindu. I said that I followed Jesus and she asked me to pray. But I think that the difference for me was like um, what I can only describe as a calm boldness yeah. that came over me. And also following that, a sense of resting in the pace that God was going and not trying to make it happen, mm-hmm. which might have been my default before. Thanks, Al. Yeah. See, very interesting. Uh, that kind of nudge, when the, when the lady said, oh, I'm all right, to take it that next step goes beyond the, what we call the social interaction. You know, the social interaction kind of backs off at that point. But this is about God the Holy Spirit granting a boldness with a moment and a sensitivity uh, to, to pursue the thing through. It's exciting to walk with God, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to just kind of recount a little bit. My parents uh, were part of a Pentecostal church, a little church there in Hoddesdon. And therefore I had been kind of aware of the Holy Spirit. But basically said, and probably in some cases was right, that the manifestations that I'd seen were just a kind of emotionalism. Uh, I'm sure they weren't all. And so, having rebelled and and completely moved away from God and the things of God, in his sovereignty, God brought me back to himself. And that's another story. But there came a point in time when something began to stirring me towards the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, at that time, I was attending, going to a youth meeting at Bethel in Dagnum. I was still living over in Hertfordshire. And I was working in the city, so I would get the train back to Hoddesdon, and then my father would lend me his car, and uh, I would uh, drive across to, to Dagnum. And uh, usually I'd kind of have a sandwich as I drove. So that was, that was a kind of system. And I'd said to my cousin, who was the connection there, that I was kind of a bit interested in what is this about the Holy Spirit. And he said to me, this was like the week before, he said to me, all right, I'll talk to the pastor, because everything went through the pastor in those days. I'll talk to the pastor, and uh, <clears throat> next week when you come, um, maybe he'll pray with you or something. So I wasn't too sure. I'm not, you know, I wasn't like that convinced. So I, I, I got an excuse ready that I had to leave directly after. I couldn't stop. I needed to go. Uh, nobody here has ever come up with an excuse like that, but, you know, some people do, you know. But I got there, as it happened, a bit early, and he was there. And he said, oh, Roger was saying to me that you're interested in the Holy Spirit. He said, come into my room. 
We walked into his room and he had a little sink in the corner and he went over and turned the tap on. He said, that is the Holy Spirit. That's like the Holy Spirit right there waiting to fill you, to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And it was like I heard God say, so you said it was emotionalism, not much of a build-up, no meeting beforehand, no moving songs, no noise, just a traffic, just a train journey, emotionalism. I kind of felt God say something like that. And within a moment, I was finding something was happening. He laid hands on me, and I began to speak out a couple of words that I'd never learned and never heard. And uh, he was very encouraging, and I then went into the youth meeting, and that was great. And then I drove home. And uh, when I got home, I decided to pray before I went to sleep. And again, the Holy Spirit just came upon me. And I thought, hmm, emotionalism. You've just driven 30 miles. Uh, no build-up there. And what an, what an amazing anointing and a release this gift of tongues you see from that moment I never ever even once doubted the existence of God or the reality of my salvation nothing could change that and that was a very uh, to me is one of the most significant things that ever happened in my whole life that experience of the Holy Spirit that experience of receiving what God has promised. Now, doesn't happen here, but there was a time uh, when people would ask for prayer for the Holy Spirit and somebody would, would just come and they say, okay, I've received the Holy Spirit. Right, you've received the Holy Spirit. That is not something which we which we really feel. Look, we're talking about being baptized. The Bible talks about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's very difficult to be baptized and not know so. But let's, let's just have a little think about that. Um, because I don't want us to get tied up with certain manifestations... But I do want us to recognize that being baptized in the Holy Spirit is such a significant uh, experience that it's not going to be, you know, well, you just receive it by faith, brother, or any of that kind of nonsense. See, here's, here's a, one particular experience on the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus. I said, did not our hearts burn within us? when we heard him, walked with him. I mean, there wasn't a great outward manifestation there, but they knew something was happening. See, they were left very different, as we, we always are, uh, as we're refreshed in the Holy Spirit. They had a peace and a joy that they didn't have before. There was something very, very different. So, look, I don't want us to worry about manifestations at the time. Some people laugh, some people cry, some people fall down. None of those things happen to me. But boy, I know that God came and filled me with the Holy Spirit. Uh, see, the Bible, the Bible says um, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Talking about them being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Do you realize it's exactly the same word as is used in Luke 8, 46, where the woman uh, with the hemorrhage reached out and knew immediately that she was healed and Jesus knew that power had gone out of him. He said, Where did, who touched me? Power had gone out of him. See, that to me says there's, a, there's definitely a, a knowing so without getting too focused on some external uh, manifestations. Let me also clear one other point, and then I'm going to ask uh, 
Sally to come again and Nathan to tell us their experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But many of you are not exposed to these things, but in case you are, in case you're reading something anytime, I want you to understand. Tongues, the gift of tongues, is an evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Right? It is not the evidence. It's an evidence. Often, three times out of five, when we read about in the scripture, the baptism in the Holy Spirit was followed by that gift of tongues. But that does not make it a complete, absolute, watertight, that's what, that's what happens. So it's an evidence. It's a very precious and vital gift. Uh, and we all can speak in tongues and we all... Uh, can receive that gift, but I don't want us to kind of get strung up on the fact that that is the initial evidence as some would teach because it's flawed. Nathan? So, um, <clears throat> for me, there was a, a process of being baptized in the Spirit and, and filled with the Holy Spirit, and uh, the main thing that I remember happening across that time, apart from the various you know, physical things, what was going on inside is God was giving me a heart for those people around me, a heart for the lost. And I found that I started to have something to overflow to my friends and to those around me. I had something that I wanted to share. And it was that I was sharing from the overflow rather than from, from, from what was in. But there was so much there, so much of God's love, that I, I wanted to share that. So? Yeah, so when I was 16, my parents became Christians. It was very dramatic, and the change was just so... Um, obvious um, to me I couldn't deny it and uh, my mum gave me a tract and I prayed the prayer on the back of the tract and I did have an experience of God but actually that was really a head thing so I'd seen it I knew it must be true and so I I decided okay I'm going to follow Jesus but then for two years after that I kind of was walking on on the fence really one foot in kind of Christian life one foot not very firmly not and it was a very uncomfortable position to be in and while I was away (coughs) visiting someone my mum and dad um, when they picked me up from the airport they said oh we've met these young people at a meeting and we've invited them back to our house and they're coming tonight and um, it'd be really good for you to meet them and I really didn't want to and I thought awful I really don't want to do this but actually when I met them the difference in them these were young people who were really filled with the Holy Spirit, really going for God. And they said, we could pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I kind of thought, mm, I don't know if I want this, because I was quite enjoying the other life, you know. Um, but anyway, they prayed for me. I felt absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing. Felt like I should. Felt really embarrassed. They're obviously really keen, really think something should be happening for me. Um, but the next morning I woke up absolutely different. And I knew that God was real. And it was like what I had known here had suddenly dropped into here. And I describe it as like going from darkness into light or from black and white into color. And it was like everything that I'd held back thinking, oh, God, is this killjoy who is not going to let me enjoy life anymore. Just Suddenly, I understood what Jesus had done for me. I understood what it would mean to follow him, that it was going to be an adventure and it wasn't a withholding of anything. And that I, when people say to me, when did you become a Christian? I now say, well, actually, when I was 18, that initial encounter was when I was 16. But when I get, decided I would surrender everything, and the Holy Spirit came and absolutely transformed me. I'd say that's the time I really knew him and followed him. You forgot a bit. What bit? Driving the tractor. Oh, yeah. oh this is an embarrassing bit. Um, so my dad, um, some of you know, my dad was a farmer. And it was, it was a summertime, it was harvest time. And um, I was working for my dad, driving tractors. And it's really noisy in a tractor cab, or at least it was back in the 1980s, probably isn't so much now with technology moving on. But I just spent the whole day singing songs, choruses that we used to sing at church, as we call them then, at the top of my voice. Nobody could hear me, but uh, it was just God's joy, which I'd never experienced before. So, yeah.
Uh, normally, you know, when they're doing the harvest, they do straight lines up and down, but I gather it was... <laughs> yeah. All right, so... Uh, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, and brings them into this place, like we were just hearing from Sally there, this, this revelation, this, this kind of beyond knowledge. So I'm asking the question, are there things which you believe, which aren't actually filtering through to reality? See, let me talk about me again. I believe that I should dwell constantly in the peace of God. Why, but why, why would I wake up with anxious thoughts in the night and, and that begin to mess up my stomach or something like that? See, I need the increased power of the Holy Spirit so that that which is truth, that which is true, is not just there, but it's actually I'm living in the good of that. Andrew. Revelation. So here's my question while Andrew's coming. Is this something you're anxious about? Yet you know God takes care of you. Is there something that you find that you're constantly coming back to? And yet you know the Bible says take no anxious thought. Is there something which you find you're not at peace about? And yet you know that the truth, the Bible says, that God will keep in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed upon him. We're talking about that which we know coming into that place of revelation by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is one of the key purposes of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and you can read that in the Bible. And you can read it until you're blue in the face. And you could probably read that bit. And then you might be able to read another bit that kind of sounds and looks like it's related to that bit. And you think, oh... I'm beginning to understand this a little bit more. But that's still something that's going on in an intellectual process. It's still found a way into you, but it's found a way into just into your mind. And revelation that I've discovered doesn't go that way. Um, there's a one-way valve in somewhere else, but there's a barrier you see, I'm no stranger to intellectual process. You know, it's my job. I'm supposed to do it. Um, stumbling block to many, this is, to process and analyze things. It's a, it's a problem for me sometimes. But when God reveals something to me, it comes through a different route. Ah, I can't describe it. So last Sunday, I had a couple of revelations. I'm not going to tell you what they are. Two reasons. One, I don't have time. He's, only, he's very restrictive on time. Can't. The other thing is, I couldn't even tell you if I tried. Because one thing John's often said about Revelation that always resonates with me is that when you know this thing, you know it in your knower. You don't know it in your head. It's a, it's a different thing. Um, at Leaders Weekend... John, we, we were supposed to talk about our test me, and John said something to me about um, the stuff he's already spoken about, God taking hold of him when he was a young man. The thing I wanted to say to him, and I did, was once I was blind, now I can see. It was the testimony of the blind man in the Bible when the Pharisees questioned him, said, what did Jesus do? Well, I don't know. Once I was blind, now I can see. What came to me last week, which I could say, and you may get this, it suddenly realized that actually it's not once I was blind, now I can see, as that point in time. Each time I learn something exciting and new about God in this revelationary way, it's almost as if that's happened again. It's like it's an ongoing process. Uh, yesterday I was blind, 
now I can see. I've learned something new about God, not through this brain of mine, associate professor, PhD nonsense that doesn't really have anything to do with this. But I know it in a different place, and I can't define that. I just can't define it. But my prayer to you, for you is, you have the same experience, those of you who have not yet experienced that. Purpose of baptism, thanks, Andrew, is, is that revelation, that getting the thing in. And I think, again, I'm asking the question, is there areas, and things that you believe, but they're just not filtering through to that revelation? That's one of the outworkings of the Holy Spirit, like eating a meal. You eat a meal so that the enzymes in the food can be absorbed and applied into, into the body. There's something on the outside, but there's a purpose that goes beyond what we can actually see. So let's look at a couple of other things. Purpose of baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because I want you to come to the point today where those of you who are not baptized in the Holy Spirit are saying, you know, like I did those years ago, I might not understand everything, but I have a desire for something. And those of you that can look back to some former time uh, can also be saying, you know, like I'm saying, I don't want to live in all those years ago. I want something which is ongoing and uh, recurring, uh, renewing, being refilled, uh, because the Bible talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Bible teaches um, in 2 Corinthians one twenty-two that... Uh, his, when he baptizes us with the Holy Spirit, um, he sets his seal upon us. I don't know if anybody uh, who has chosen to become a follower of Jesus ever doubts that kind of uh, situation. Am I really born again? Am I really uh, saved? As I said, I never doubted it from the moment that I was uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says uh, in uh, this scripture here, set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. It's a seal. Uh, when, um, this makes me sound very old, which of course you know I'm not, but I remember uh, in the early days when I was in the city that we used to, uh, certain documents that we sent out, we would actually use what was called sealing wax in a seal. Uh, and it actually gave uh, a certain authenticity to it. Um, that's the whole purpose of a seal. It's like, um, it's a, it basically is the existence of a contract. It's the authentication of something, And here God says in his word that the Holy Spirit is that seal, that kind of uh, security of our salvation. It's not no longer having to live as I kind of sneaked in and feeling that one day I'll be found out. And the long arm of the law will eventually catch up with me. But I've been legally set free. God has declared it from the rooftops. Uh, there's no one that can bring anything against me because he's completely, utterly, categorically, infinitely covered my debt. God says I am his by divine right. Amen. The seal of the Holy Spirit. Put his spirit in our hearts as a, as a deposit uh, guaranteeing what is to come. We talk about the earnest, the down payment of our expectation. I think it would be good. Uh, let's just stand together and let's just worship God in, in thanking God for this assurance in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's use that old hymn, Before the Throne of God Above.
I have a strong and perfect plea. A great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name, my name, my name is graven on his hands. My name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me there depart. What a great declaration. Yeah? Can we sing this as a declaration, as an assurance? But could we be real? Can we be honest? Because if you don't have that, and you don't have the seal, this is a day when you could receive that seal, that assurance, that once and for all. You can sing the song, but I want those who can sing it with real meaning and a real testimony to embrace and enjoy the fact of what he's done for us. One with himself, I cannot die. My soul is purchased by his blood. My life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ my Saviour and my God. Take your seats again. See, the baptism in the Holy Spirit actually makes us more like him. Adventuring with the Spirit, making us more like him. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 speaks about being transformed into his image, into his likeness. And we all, who with unveiled faces, can you imagine that? We can actually look. No, no veil there anymore. Unveiled faces. Contemplate the Lord's glory of being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Makes us more like him. <coughs> I guess many of you would identify. You know what you're meant to do how you're meant to be, you know what is right, you know what you've been taught, you know what's required of you. And you can tick the box and say, oh, I did it. And then pride just kind of pulls you down. And the rest of the time you kind of feel a guilt because you know what you should and you know you don't. We're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. So when I'm hurt, to love like him. When I don't want to, to sacrifice like him when the temperature is too much to hang on like him when I'm intimidated to be fearless like him when my pride has taken a battering to be humble like him when I feel small to wield authority like him when I can only see blackness or disaster to perceive like him and when all is going well to know all good gifts come from heaven, like him. Talking about the power of the Holy Spirit to bring our attitude and our actions and our thoughts in line with him. To be more like him. See, as we go through... Because we're not just interested in laying out some facts. We're interested in walking with God, the Holy Spirit. I wonder what leapt into your mind. I wonder what was highlighted by God, the Holy Spirit. Was it an issue of struggling with what you want as against what you know he wants? Was it a fear that you really know you shouldn't live under. Was it feeling kind of small, insignificant, and yet knowing that there's an authority that he wants to place in you and through you? Was it responding to a particular situation? 
with the love of God rather than out of the hurt that you feel. It kind of brings us back to saying, Lord, I need the fullness of your spirit. I need what you can do. I need not just to know what I should do. I need to know and experience the power as I choose to receive and to be like you, to receive that, that power, that, that revelation beyond knowledge, that ability to live in the good of what I'm hearing. Romans 8 verse 11, we see that the Holy Spirit actually also gives life to our mortal bodies. And we see that uh, in the life of Paul, in the life of Jesus. You know, mortal bodies taking quite a battering one way and another. Paul lists it out at one point, you know, shipwreck and left for dead and all that sort of thing. Well, that's, that's not good for sort of healthy bodies. But he's talking about the Holy Spirit giving life to our mortal bodies. I mean, we probably is not as dramatic as that. But man, there are probably times when we're, we, we feel exhausted or drained, where we've got nothing left to give. And the Holy Spirit gives life to our mortal bodies. And last week we looked at the whole situation of him helping us to pray in Romans 8.26. Let's look in a little bit more detail at this issue of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, adventuring with the Spirit. No one's excluded. I'm mentioning that because that's one of the favourite kind of little tricks of the enemy. Well, yes, this is for others. Or pick up a particular thing. Uh, you're shy and retiring, so this wouldn't be for you. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says this is for everyone, including anyone who says, you know, actually, I'm doing okay, thank you. Uh, You know, my life's all right. I've got a promotion. I've passed some exams. I've got some good friendships. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is still required because this is for absolutely everybody in order to live the life that God provides for us. I guess we could get salvation without being filled with the Holy Spirit. It depends on what view you take. I kind of imagine that it's possible to to survive without what we're talking about. But then the thought that comes to me, don't they say survival is the lowest form of life? You know, why survive when we could thrive? Why, why have less than what God has actually presented for us and provided for us? And I think it's very salutary to remember that Jesus needed the baptism in the Spirit. He needed it according to what the Scripture says to be empowered for ministry, as in Matthew 3, to preach the word in Luke 4, to perform miracles in Matthew 12, and to be resurrected from the dead in Romans 8. I mean, you've got to stop and think, haven't you? If Jesus needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit, are we going to kind of think we're, we're doing okay? We're fine as we are, thank you very much. Seems a wrong place, a wrong response. Of course, it does mean that we have to focus. I mean, God stirred in me a desire. Uh, if the only desires that are, stir- that, that are stirring in us is a kind of uh, temporal, you know, uh, the place I want to live or the uh, job I want or the qualifications I want or, you know, somehow... This is, this is about God places that desire in us in order to fulfill. If our heart is towards the kingdom, then we need the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, God's purpose. Not just about making life comfortable. You know, we're seeking the kingdom of God, not just things and stuff, but Lord, what is your, what is your desire? What do you want? What is going to actually make us 
like you? That, that is the question. What is going to help us to become just like you? What's going to help us uh, become representations of you on the earth? I've heard people say, you know, it seems like the Holy Spirit is for everyone but me. I want to destroy that lie. That just never came from God. What the scripture says is it's for everyone, to all who believe. Sometimes it's, it's because uh, people have responded and uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and they've seen others and others have been manifestations of laughing or crying, or, but nothing happened. You see, the essential thing here is we're looking for what he wants us to do, not for manifestations. The Bible very clearly says in Joel 2, repeated in Acts 2, that this Holy Spirit is for everyone. It talks about being poured out. What does pouring? Pouring gives a, a, that, that concept of, of abundance for all flesh. I mean, th- this is just a scripture. All flesh. There's, there's no racial barriers. There's no cultural barriers. Sons and daughters. That kind of incorporates male and female. Goes on young and old. Sons and sons. All social classes. And when, the, when God first poured out the Holy Spirit, remember, it came as a great fire, but then separated into tongues of fire, into individuals. Ephesians 5, verse 18. Accurately translated, be being filled. Continuous tense. I said just now, I don't want to look back on a wonderful, life-changing experience. Sally doesn't want to look back on a wonderful, life-changing experience. It's great that we can do that, I don't want to live on the basis, yeah, that happened those years ago. When God is saying about being filled with the Holy Spirit. So, what are we going to do? Let me give you a a few pointers. How do we receive the Holy Spirit? How do we get filled? How do we get baptized with the Holy Spirit? Well, number one, who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit? Jesus. Jesus. The Bible says it, Matthew 3. Jesus baptizes us, so we come to him. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is given to those who ask. It's a great principle. It's a kingdom principle. It's called asking. Ask and it shall be given. Knock and it shall be opened. Yeah? See, when we ask, we say, um, could I have that phone, please? I don't have it. He does have it. He's got something that I haven't got. I am having to humble myself to say, like Charlotte was saying, I had to go and say, can I use your phone? You know? To receive it. There's a principle of asking. That is a kingdom principle. God does not work outside of the principles that he sets down. Given to those who ask. Bible Acts 2. Repent and be baptized and receive the gift. We're talking about repent. Being obedient to what he says. And then taking hold of the promise. And then of course, you know... We can't set a a limited scene. In Acts 10, as Peter brought the word, the Holy Spirit came upon all those who were listening. Anybody feeling the stirring of the Holy Spirit this morning? Do you feel something kind of, maybe you've never spoken in tongues before, maybe you've never experienced anything like this before. That stirring. I also say that the Holy Spirit is always characterized as a dove. 
He's not intrusive, he's gentle. And therefore, there's no need for striving, but rest and peace and depending upon him. And like anything, see, if I... Give me that phone, give me that phone, give me that phone. No, I'm asking Daniel to give me the phone. He's got the phone. I'm asking the giver, seeking the giver, seeking Jesus, the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, not just the gift. And if we're going to receive the gift of tongues, we have to be prepared to surrender control of the tongue. God doesn't get hold of it and move it to form words, you know. Bible in John 7 talks about drinking and streams of living water springing up from our innermost being. That's an experience that I would say many of us would say that's the best description of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 8, they received the Holy Spirit and the laying on of hands. There's another thing, you know. I remember uh, one of the people in the church where I was uh, was, a, was a bus driver and he received the Holy Spirit as he was driving the bus. Now, how that, how, how that worked out for the passengers and the bus, I don't know, but, you know, we can't, we can't limit God. I guess this is the question. Are you thirsty? Do you want more of God? Do you want to flow in some of the things that we were talking about today? Walking into a shop and spotting something and knowing that God has given you something to say. <coughs> knowing that fullness, even if you're, not many of you are driving tractors, but having fun driving a tractor. Yeah. We receive, we come humble, humbly, we come hungry, we lay aside all the other preconceived ideas. We experience what God's got for us without trying to analyze all the detail of it. Turn aside from fears. Well, maybe it wouldn't happen or maybe it's deception or maybe I'll get hurt again or maybe it'd be like losing control. We focus on the Lord himself. And the best response to adventuring with the Spirit the baptism of the Holy Spirit is say, Lord, fill me anew. So we're going to take the balance of our time just to wait on God. Uh, if you want people to lay hands on you, then the easiest way would be to come to this area here at the front. But let's just stand together. We're going to worship the Lord, ask him to, to just have his way amongst us because we're here to respond to the Holy Spirit. We're here to respond to what God's got. We're here to actually enter in, not just to hear some things, but to enter into what God is actually saying and doing amongst us.